Hey everyone, thanks for joining me as we take our stroll through the strange paradiso. I want to start off today with talking about the Super Bowl halftime yesterday. Okay, first of all, I have not taken anyone else's opinions into consideration, all right? As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you guys that when I saw this yesterday, I really, at first, didn't know what to think, okay? Because I knew that red was very significant in all of this. And before the halftime show even started, there was another woman who came out and sang at the, like before the game actually started, and she was wearing red also. There are many shades of red. There are uh, violet-based reds, orange-based reds, and so on. The thing about these is that they are always crimson. When the emphasis is on red through any of these award shows or um, these entertainment events like the Super Bowl halftime, they are always in this crimson red. So we know what crimson is, um, what it symbolizes, okay? We, we know this. So that is really the only thing that I recognize right away. And I'm serious, guys. I mean, I'm not going to tell tall tales and embellish anything and lie and say, oh, yeah, I knew right away. No, I didn't. I thought, well, I know that the red with the symbolism with that is all about. But everything else, I just wasn't sure. Like, what is it I'm looking at? As well as I I knew that the um, those lifted platforms up higher than everyone else and all this stuff, I knew that there was also some significance in that. But my my first thoughts were just like, this is um, kind of boring because, well, in the first place, it was boring to me because I that is not my genre of music that I listen to, okay? And then the second thing was that she um, just didn't seem to be like all into this performance. And my husband said, she looks like she's pregnant. It was difficult for me to tell, okay, because she was wearing all of these different types of things that look like kind of bubblish and stuff. So, okay, she did a little bit, but I figured that it's because she just had a baby not too long ago and maybe that's why she looked that way because I didn't even know how long it had been since she had her baby. Well, it wasn't until later on, like this morning, when they were talking about it and they said that she is pregnant and all this stuff. Okay, so as I was um, just thinking about it, it occurred to me that, well, she is wearing crimson, so... There is the scarlet woman in that, okay? Now, you had these other people in white. So, 
the significance of that was, it always is. I mean, white in these types of um, things, it always is innocence and purity, okay? And there was such a big influence on the white last night. So what it all boiled down to, okay, in my little nutshell, because the emphasis was on red and white. So it was like, you know what, um, this ritual, whatever it was meant for, she actually included her child in this ritual. So that would have been white. And she is wearing red. So for some reason, okay? I mean, red means also um, like ritual and things like this. Okay, I have it written down and I can't find it, okay? White represents the innocence and purity and the new. It's the new person who is going to be initiated, all right, with this ritual that is being performed. So this is just the way I see it, guys, okay? I'm not saying that uh, this is matter of fact, but this is the way I see it. So her child, who is not yet born, was a new initiate. This baby was initiated into whatever type of circle this is by this ritual. Red, okay, represents a blood oath. That color crimson always represents blood. And a blood oath, it represents ritualism, that this is not a a regular party. This is a ritual, as well as it represents sacrifice. So I don't I don't want to uh, put these in a way where it looks like um, I'm saying that certain things are going to happen in this order because of um, what I witnessed last night. But I will say that um, I, I would not be one bit surprised. I know that there are many people out there who um, they give their own opinions about this and so on and what it meant to them. And um, they do the numbers, they do this, they do that. And you can go on and on into this. But just off the top, this is what it said to me. This particular performance or whatever you want to call it. I know there's more to it. But all of that stuff, for me, doesn't really, um, it really doesn't, I'm not going to say it doesn't matter because it, it does in the bigger picture. 
But that is not what my focus is on because um, of the colors and her being pregnant. I was uh, talking to my husband earlier and I said, if that was me, if I was pregnant, I would have said, well, I have to pass this on to someone else because I'm pregnant and um, I, I can't do this. I won't be able to dance the way I usually do and all this other stuff. I would have passed on this particular, you know, performing right now. And I'm sure that many other women would have passed on this also. So this is meant for something. This is, uh, yeah, I, I can't even, uh, I don't even want to go any further with this because the thoughts are too, um, just a little too much, okay? But that is what I saw. And I also noticed, and you know what? Actually, we're going to have to wait probably till whatever the next big award show is. Because if you'll notice, we've been seeing a lot of crimson. A lot. So that is uh, ritualistic, okay? Well, we know this. All we have to do is look and see what, what happened in the last... Um, what was it? The Grammys or whatever? Yeah. So um, what I'm looking for now, after this award season is over with, maybe at the end of the year or maybe next year, will be black. I'm, I'm going to be looking for the color black after this. The reason for that is because, okay, this is so noticeable to us, being that it's red. And there's been so much of it. I mean, just a total emphasis on this color, red. So after, I'm going to be looking for black. Because black will signify that the, the rituals and everything, they are, um, like they are finished, they are successful, and it, it's been done. I mean, not forever, but for whatever this was meant to be, all right? Black will signify that it has, it has been done. So maybe the end of the year. See, because I don't watch award shows, so I can't tell you, like, what happened. Maybe the Academy Awards, but maybe that'll be too soon. Maybe we will have to wait until 2024, to um, see what's getting ready to happen as far as the color emphasis, okay? So anyways, um, that's what I, well, anyways, that's what um, mattered kind of like. That was the big picture to me, the biggest part. And when I think about Okay, you know, I'm just going to leave it there because then I'll just go on and on. And it's pretty, um, it's just pretty unsettling where this all goes. Okay, so um, you recall we were talking about, um, while we were taking our walk yesterday, I mentioned about why our neighborhoods haunted that 
have been built on um, remains or on actual burial ground and so on. I know it may sound a little strange. Well, what do you mean? Why is it haunted or why is there activity? Because it used to be a burial ground. Yeah, but why? Okay. What is causing this? What is causing the disturbances? What is causing the activity? Do we believe that because the people who were buried there and now there are houses and maybe retail and things like this on top of their burial area that they are angry and so they're causing all this trouble? See, I personally have a very difficult time with that explanation. And the reason is because my personal belief is that when you pass on from this plane, when you leave this vessel, you are gone, okay? You're not still in this vessel, in that box, under eight feet of dirt, getting angry because they put a famous footwear on top of you. So there has got to be something else. So the other thing would be what? Now you've got these entities who are angry because how dare people disturbed these burial sites and put a uh, 7-Eleven on top of it? There's a lot more, I believe, to this phenomenon. There are many people who will say these burial grounds, these cemeteries and so on are sacred. It is sacred ground. So when you disturb this, you're committing like a a really bad sin and you're going to cause bad things to happen. Okay, well, once again, why is it sacred? What took place that made that ground sacred? I mean, think about it. Because a priest went out there with holy water on that scepter and sprinkled it onto the dirt. I mean, I'm being serious here. I'm not being funny. I'm serious. In order for something to be sacred, it would have, it, okay, this is just me once again, guys, okay? So don't don't get angry. But for me, it would have to mean that Jesus was actually there and said, like, build my church here or never ever build here or something like that. I mean, Jesus would have had to have given the instructions because everything else is done by people. And people are not perfect, all right? We have all done bad things we shouldn't have done, some unknowingly, some knowingly. So I have a very difficult time believing that a person 
you know, who has many faults, and we all do, can make anything sacred. We can pray. We can do things like this and say that it wouldn't be right to do things like this, which is true. It, it isn't right. But to go as extreme as calling it sacred, I, I don't think so. I mean, it's something that um, I think is very bad. I think it's very selfish, it's very greedy, and it's all about money. So whoever chooses to do things like this just doesn't care. They probably don't believe in anything, that there's anything higher than them, you know, than themselves. And money is actually their God. To do something like that knowingly. But all the other stuff, okay? So, this is only my personal belief. And I have to say this always, guys, because um, I'm just one person. And not everyone believes like I do. And that is okay. Because we all have to have our own individual beliefs. We are all separate people with separate thoughts, separate beliefs. And so this is just mine. It seems to me that it would be that there are negative entities that are attracted to this type of an area because they know they know that there are so many people out there who almost expect this to happen. Think about this. I mean, just about. I mean, there are some people who don't care. But then things happen to them. All right? Because the majority of people do care. Even look at what happened over there in Amityville. The Lutz family didn't care if there was a some guy went and murdered his entire family in that house because they even bought the furniture. They even bought the beds that these people were murdered in. All they did was change the mattresses and stuff like that. So they really didn't care until things started happening. So even the realtor knew would it happen there? And I'm pretty sure the realtor would not have bought and lived in that house either. So that and these things, as well as the police who went in there to investigate after the murders, as well as just Ronald DeFeo who committed the murders and all of these things brought so much negativity into this place that it attracted things from higher to lower levels. I mean, that was a big and heinous crime. So these things, because we don't see them, you know, they're around all the time. We can't see them, but they are there and they know exactly what has been there before because these things are ancient. They're disembodied. We can't see them walking around but they're well aware of um, neighborhoods that were cemeteries or if there are remains, you know, so many remains, maybe in clusters in certain areas and so on and so on. So then what they do is they use 
their negativity and things start happening. People who live in these areas or even work in these areas will start looking into it, start doing research, and there is usually a historian or a knowledgeable person around the area who will then say, oh yes, this used to be a cemetery or they found human remains here or there were rituals performed here, which is like a flashing beacon to these negative spirits. That is just my opinion. As well as there is also ground that has been cursed. It takes a little more than someone coming around and saying, oh, I curse this ground, whatever. No. If the ground has been cursed, if the area has been cursed, then there has been something performed there. Can one person do it? Perform this ritual to curse something? Yes. That has taken place mainly, I mean, not only, but mainly in some of the states that began much uh, before, like, you know, the West. Because people started out in the East, came out to the Midwest, and went all the way to the West Coast. And a lot of stuff was happening in the East Coast, in the New England states, all the way, you know, as they settled on their way. Some of them would stop and settle in maybe Oklahoma and uh, some of the other states, Texas, you know, while coming out West. They would just say, oh, forget it. We found our place here or maybe somebody would pass away. So they would just go ahead and bury him there and then they would live on that land. So it's strewn, okay, this place. There are just pockets all over of places where people were buried. It doesn't make it a burial ground or a cemetery, but just people who passed on during the traveling. It used to be very harsh. I mean, we're talking about coming from the East Coast, like on horses with a wagon. And you weren't only in danger from the indigenous people sometimes, but you were in danger also from your own people who maybe were running out of food, maybe just wanted to rob you because they were bad or just a highwayman and things like this. But just because some of these places, all right, are unknown for having any type of remains, these entities know. So they like to cause destruction. They like to cause fear, panic, arguments within the family, the breakup of the fam family, which is destruction, and so on. I mean, different people handle these things in different ways. It can even cause drug abuse. It can cause alcoholism. It can cause 
um, just, I mean, you name it. So there is that also, the, the cursed land. So some of these neighborhoods, maybe California, okay, up going towards Northern California. It could have happened because of, um, it could have been ritualistic. Could have been um, maybe things that happened there a long time ago during the time when people were coming out and settling and things like this. Could have just been negativity within these people because of the harshness of their travel. Some of the things they had to deal with, as even disease. I don't think the lifespan was very long for people back then. But I'm, I'm not um, leaning towards, oh, because it's sacred. No, I'm leaning the other way because of um, other things, okay, that, that I had just mentioned. I mean, I'm not saying that it's carved in stone, but that is just my own personal belief. I may think differently than the majority of people about certain things, all right? And I know this, but it's because I just have a difficult time with following the narrative that we've always been given. I remember somebody saying that to me a long time ago. I was probably like 12 years old. Well, you can't do that because that ground's sacred. I'm like, well, but who made it sacred? You know, Jesus is not here on this earth. So how is it sacred? Oh, because the priest blessed it. Okay, well, guess what? I feel, and I'm not trying to be... um, I'm not trying to be anti, all right? But priests are not perfect either. And we had a priest when I was a kid, okay, and I was in Catholic school, and there was this young priest who was new in our parish. And uh, that was the first time that we were able to call a priest by his first name. And his name was Father Phil. Before he came, before Father Phil came to our parish, it was always by their last name. Okay? Father Carey. Things like that. Father Jones. You know, it was never on a first name basis. Father Phil came, he was young, and he used to ride a motorcycle. So he was more like um, able to speak to us and we would understand and we would um, actually learn from him because he wasn't so far away from us in years, okay? And one day he said, people see priests and automatically assume 
that we are Jesus Christ Jr. He said, I am not Jesus Christ Jr. I'm a man who has faults, who is not perfect, who is not infallible. And I'm just trying to get the word out about Jesus. So when he said that, okay, that's like a confirmation to me that there are certain things that they can perform, but only if they are given the power by Jesus. Otherwise, they, they can't do anything, even an exorcism. They cannot do anything because they're just men. They have to call upon the name of the Lord who gives them the strength to be able to accomplish these things. So you might be saying, okay, then they can bless the ground and make it sacred. No. No. See, that is not removing an entity where like they'll get the power to do these things from God. No. That is something different. It seems like it would be in the same realm, but no. This is something different. To make something sacred, to make something holy, that is something that Jesus does, not men. Men can bless the ground. They can bless things, yes. They do it in the name of Jesus. They can't do it in the name of Bill, whatever the the priest's name is, no. But to make something holy or sacred, no. No. But anyways, that is just my thought, okay? That is just my belief. You guys could be saying, oh, you know what? Maybe, Mary, you're just full of shit. I might be. That's just the way I see things, guys, okay? I mean, we're walking and talking, and I'm just telling you how I feel about these things, all right? We don't always have to agree with one another. However, maybe at some point, someday or sometime, you might think about it in the same context and you might still say, nope, you know what? Nope, she was full of shit. Or you might say, I, I believe that there's something to that. You know, you may be correct or something like that. And I'm not looking for um, to be the most intelligent person or the most knowledgeable. I'm just looking to share things with you guys, to share thoughts and beliefs like that. Because I like when people share stuff with me. It gives me something to think about. So, all right, let's uh, continue walking. All right, so um, this comes from someone that I'm acquainted with this experience okay so it's um encounters but this is we had we um discussed this 
a while back we had a discussion kind of like about these things. An angelic encounter, okay? So you guys know, I mean, those of you who have been with me for a while, remember the story. And this isn't even a big deal, guys. And when this happened to me, I don't even know why I thought the way I did. But I was really young and I was at the market. And at this time, I, I didn't even really know what I was doing as far as buying food, okay? Because I was like on my own and I had never went grocery shopping before. So my first thoughts were, I just want to go and buy some Cheetos and some, at the time, um, there was Diet Cola, but it was Tab, okay? This is how long ago it was. There, instead of Diet Coke, it was called Tab. So I just wanted to go buy some Cheetos and some Tab and then maybe some kind of meat, you know, and some bread because I didn't know what I was doing. So I was at the market and I was like, oh, because I've always liked fish. So I saw this fish and I was like, I'm going to get some of that fish and I'm going to make that tonight. So I got the fish and I put it in my, my cart and I continued on. And out of nowhere, this man comes up and he has a plastic bag in his hand and he gets my fish and he puts it in a plastic bag and he says, I'm going to put this in a plastic bag for you because you don't want this fish getting all over the rest of your items. And I looked at him and I didn't know what to say because he kind of like came out of nowhere and he startled me. So I don't even remember if I said thank you to this man because I was just like taken aback, you know, like what? So anyways, then he just leaves he was kind of older. I mean, to me at that time, everybody looked older. He was probably, I mean, in his mid-40s, early 50s. I don't know. So then, like, I snapped out of it, and I wanted to find this guy and go tell him thank you. I went all around that place, and it wasn't like it was a big, huge market. It wasn't like, you know, a super center market or anything like that. So I walked all around and around. I even walked to the front, you know, where people were checking out and paying for their groceries. This guy was nowhere, just vanished. I'm telling you, I had the feeling when once I came out of my state of being shocked or something, you know, I had the feeling that this guy was an angel. Not because he put my fish in a bag, but... There was something else. I can't tell you what it was. He, he didn't have a halo. He didn't have wings. But there was something else. And this happened long time ago, guys. This happened like phew, probably, I don't know, 1980 or something like that. It was a long time ago. Maybe 1981. So... I never could find, even when I went outside, I was still looking around. I just wanted to thank him. Well, I was never able to. I never had this opportunity. And I remember it like it was yesterday, even all these years later. And I still feel that this guy was angelic. I think I wouldn't have been able to find him no matter what because... He wasn't from this realm. And I just remember his eyes 
were very friendly, very warm, if you know what I'm talking about. They just had this look. And he couldn't have disappeared that fast. I mean, I turned around. He was gone. To this day, I'm telling you, I don't know. It's like, I just put a piece of fish in the bag. No, it was something else. So anyhow, this this experience now, and this acquaintance of mine, is kind of like that. So she was at the store. She had been having not a big issue, but an issue that was um, kind of annoying and kind of um, a little unsettling that she was going through. So she said, I prayed about it and I prayed about it and I prayed to Jesus and I wasn't getting any feedback. I was getting nothing at all. Like he was ignoring me, like he didn't answer me or anything. She says, but then something happened, right, to change her mind and to make her feel better. She said, sometimes you have to be still and you have to be quiet because you won't hear the Lord sometimes when he speaks to you. She said she got like this message, okay? Not a verbal message, but something happened and she understood what it meant. So then she, it put her at ease, but she started getting a little um, anxious once again. She started getting a little... Uh, not not panicky, but you know, sometimes you can get anxious and it leads like to, you're starting to get anxiety and things like this. And so she was going to try to um, make herself feel better. And she decided that she was going to go to the store and she was just going to go look around, whatever. So she goes to the store. She's minding her own business looking around. And all of a sudden, she hears someone speak to her. It didn't, they, this person didn't say her name. She's like, I don't think he said my name, but I heard someone say something and she wasn't sure that it was directed at her. So she turned around and she said, I saw standing right there to my left when I turned around, the most beautiful African-American man that I've ever seen. That's what she said. She said, not only was he beautiful, he was so tall. She said she had to like bend her head back a little bit to see his face. And she said he smelled wonderful, not overpowering, but just like clean linen. Linen, I'm sorry. And he had the warmest eyes. And he told her, I just wanted to say you look very nice today. And then she just like, thank you. And then he said to her, I'm not, 
He's like, I'm not whatever with you. I'm not toying with you or something like that, he said. But I've seen you before. She said, he didn't point at me. He put his hand out kind of like at me. Like, I've seen you before. And then she told him where she was from. And then he just looked at her like, well, I don't think I saw you there. He's like, but I just want to say that you look very familiar. And then he said, "Um, can I give you a hug? And she hugged him. And she said, there was nothing there like he was a, a dirty old man or that there was anything. She said it was like this warm, friendly hug. And then after, he just looked at her and he smiled. And he asked her, at this time, I guess it was... um The baseball playoffs or something were happening. And he asked her, so are you going to watch the game? And then she said, heck yeah, I'm going to watch the game. And then he told her, all right. Then he walked away. And then she called him. She said, excuse me, excuse me. What's your name? And he said, you forgot? And then he told her his name. And then he told her, have a blessed, have a blessed day. And left. So after this, after this encounter, she had this strange feeling, she said. I just had this strangest feeling. In like in my chest, in the area where my heart is. I had the strangest feeling. So she went out, and this store is a small store, okay? It's like You can stand in the back and you can go down any aisle and see the front doors. It's a small store where she was at. And he was gone. He was nowhere. She said the next day, well, actually it was that night. She noticed certain things, certain things that she had been concerned about started to go away started to be lifted. And then in the morning when she woke up, she really noticed. She said, I think this guy may have been an angel. It's a possibility. And when she said, when he hugged me and I hugged him, she said there was nothing like He was some dirty old man or anything like that. She said, heck, he didn't have to be because this guy was so beautiful. You know, he didn't have to be a a dirty old guy. And that was it. Then he was just gone. She said, "I, I want to thank him. Whatever this was. She's like, I, I pray, I'm praying. And I think that. This guy may have been an angel. So it's like, all right, if you want to thank him, if he really was, once you get your, um, because she prays about everything, she prays all the time. I said, if you get your uh, confirmation that this was an angel or maybe it wasn't, whatever, if it was, you can thank him. 
He'll hear you. Or you can ask Jesus to thank him. For just being there. So, there are many accounts of people who have these type of angelic encounters. There was one, one more that I had, guys. And this one was, um, I was going into Starbucks one day. There was some guy, he was like a college student looking guy sitting at one of the tables with his laptop. And I walked in and he looked up and he was like, how are you? Like he hadn't seen me in years. And I was like, I'm fine. How are you? And it's difficult to explain because I knew that I didn't know this guy. I knew that this guy wasn't an acquaintance of mine on this realm that we're in. But there was something that was almost like a um, some sort of knowledge. Like we had crossed paths before somewhere. So you never know. I'm not saying that every single person who's going to try to be nice to you doesn't have ulterior motives. But sometimes, every once in a while, I believe that these things happen because Jesus knows when we need that human interaction. And then he will like dispatch someone to enter into your life for a brief moment to um take some of that that angst or that concern that that feeling away so just wanted to share those things with you guys. Um, that's pretty much all I've got for today. I um, Every time I think about these things, it just puts a smile on my face because it's a good thing to hear good stories once in a while. Because not only spooky, strange, mysterious things are part of this realm but even good things that happen out of nowhere are part of the strange paradiso these good because we can't explain we can't find these people again to thank them we don't know how in the world this interaction occurred with i mean the only way that this could have happened is through the hand of God, when he put someone in her path or in my path or anyone's path for that reason. Or it just could have been a regular old person who was touched by the Holy Spirit to come in to your life for that brief moment to give you encouragement. Happens in many ways, guys. I'll try to be back um, tomorrow, but if not, I'm going to try for Wednesday, all right? So um, I want to thank you all for taking time out of your day to walk with me. I appreciate all of you so much. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing it without you guys. I would not want to walk alone. So 
Once again, thank you for joining me. And we will chat again soon. Everybody have a great rest of your day. Ciao.